Good morning, Simon Trevranis. Good morning, Devin Wilkins. And good morning to everybody out there, and welcome to Insight Peterborough, which is a project of the Peterborough chapter of the Canadian Council of the Blind and... A big idea at the Innovation Cluster. All right. Um, there is a hockey tournament, a specific hockey tournament happening this weekend, not here in Peterborough, but I thought people might be quite interested to hear it. And it's on AMI, uh, the Accessible Media Incorporated. So in a few minutes, we're going to be talking to the manager of AMI-audio, a little bit about AMI, and then we're going to talk about the hockey tournament. Uh, so to kind of set the mood for us, those of you who remember songs from the 60s will remember uh, one by Douglas Rankine, R-A-N-K-I-N-E, um, and it was Here Comes Shaq. Clear the track, and it was all about Eddie Shack. So let's get going with that. Clear the track, here comes Shack. He knocks him down and he gives him a whack. He can score goals, he's coming back. Eddie, Eddie Shack. They call him the great entertainer, but ah, boy, Eddie's no clown. Couldn't be made any plainer It's great to have Eddie in town So clear the track Well, here comes Shaq He knocks him down and he gives him a whack He can score goals He's found the knack Eddie, Eddie Shaq He started the year in the minors And almost gave up the game But boom, he's back with the big club And the Leafs haven't quite been the same Wow! Clear the track, well, here comes Shaq He knocks him down and he gives him a whack He can score goals, he's coming back Eddie, Eddie Shaq It's great to see him on right wing Or is it the left wing he plays? Well, maybe it's both at the same time He skates all over the place So, clear the track, well, here comes Shaq he knocks him down and he gives him a whack He can score goals, he's found the knack Eddie, Eddie Shack. Someday in the dim distant future When they honor the greats of the game They'll hang on the skates and the sweater In our hockey hall of fame So, clear the track, well here comes Shaq He knocks him down and he gives him a whack He can score goals, he's found the knack And that was uh, Eddie Shack, Douglas Rankine. And uh, yeah, I uh, haven't heard that one for a number of years. And I think we have Andy Frank on the phone with us, do we? Yes, you do. Hi there, Andy. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thanks. And as I was explaining to our audience before, you're with uh, AMI Incorporated, Accessible uh, Media uh, Incorporated, right. I should say, AMI. 
Uh, can you maybe, before we get talking about the Canadian National Blind Hockey Tournament, which is coming up this uh, weekend, today, as a matter of fact, can you tell us a little bit uh, about um, AMI? Because uh, it is uh, available here in the Peterborough area, and I want people to know about it. Uh, AMI is Accessible Media Inc. Uh, we are basically three television channels. One is AMI-TV in English. Uh, the other one is AMI-TELE in French. And the final one, and the one that I work with the most, is AMI-AUDIO, which is a TV channel, but it has just a black screen. So it's uh, just the audio track that is uh, distributed by uh, television. And the reason we do it that way is because we get national distribution through the cable TV networks across the country. And it's a whole lot more effective to do that that way than having a whole series of antennas like CBC might have to have. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's interesting when people come into my apartment, they'll say, Sir, there's something wrong with your television. The screen is black. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so that gives me uh, an in to explain uh, what AMI is. That's right. And then uh, we um, we also uh, stream online, of course, uh, the audio channel streams at amiaudio.ca. And um, it started as a reading service back in the late 90s and, um, uh, you know, doing newspaper articles from across the country. A very ambitious service uh, that was uh, uh, very underfunded at the time, but somehow they managed to pull that off with volunteers, hundreds and hundreds of volunteers reading newspaper articles and so on. That's how I got started with as a volunteer reader. Ah, and then uh, years later, it just, um, you know, as as uh, as voiceover technology has um, uh, became what it has become, the reading service has become less and less critical. Uh, people are able to get information in so many other different ways now. And um, uh, But we still do some reading on AMI-audio. We still do some uh, particular magazines and newspapers and so on, some shows uh, that are still focused. It's still a core part of what we do. But uh, we've now gone into a lot more live programming, and that's where um, where this, for example, this event that we're doing today comes into play. Yeah, so um, I know that on Kojiko it's uh, available at uh, on channel 596. Um, that has become one of the things that's embedded in my memory. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you don't happen to have um, the listing for other uh, carriers, like satellite and cable carriers handy, maybe we can find them as the program uh, progresses. But uh, Yeah, you can just go to our website, ami.ca. We have a, a TV guide there, or we call it a DV, Described Video Guide. Uh, channels are, are listed over there, but uh, Kojiko is a, a very common one for that particular area. Yeah. And but We're on, on all the major carriers, Rogers, Telus, and Bell, and so on. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you start the day with um, uh, um, kind of a news roundup of what what's been happening uh, your gazette. Yeah, that's right. And and uh, and then you have. I always we have live from live from Studio Five. Live from that, Studio which Five, which is uh, so that's actually simulcast on audio and television on AMI TV and AMI Audio. Uh, that started uh, being simulcast recently. It's a three-year-old show, but we started putting it on TV last September and uh, October, I should say, and it's gone very well. Uh, and that's a show where uh, the host hosts talk to all kinds of people from uh, the partially sighted blind community um, about 
uh, all kinds of things from across the country. It is a national show, and um, there are regular contributors that specialize in tech and community information and lifestyle stuff, uh, movie reviews, including you know reviewing the description of a film, those kinds of things. So it's very focused on the audience that we serve. Hmm. And the one that I'm most involved with is Kelly and Company. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I do the uh, monthly uh, segment on guide dogs. Which I really enjoy. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And I very much appreciate the opportunity to do that. Well, it's um, Kelly and Company is a very popular show. Kelly McDonald, of course, is... He's become a bit of a legend, you know. He's been yes. on the MITV for years, and he's a well-known figure with his fedora and his yeah. his big his big presence. And uh, he's a very warm and welcoming host, based in London, Ontario. And he does the show from London. And his co-host Ramya Abuthan, uh, she's in our Toronto office. And um, then we uh, channel in guests in all kinds of different ways. And they do similar things to what Live from Studio 5 does in terms of uh, focusing on various different things that are relevant to the partially sighted blind community. But it's a little on the warmer side, a little more lifestyle. Uh, You know, your segment fits right in there. Um, Veterinarians, gardeners, um, those kinds of things. There's a lot of laughter and so on. Whereas the Live from Studio 5 show is is more factual, more news-oriented. So that's kind of the difference between the two shows. Yes. uh, uh, so yeah, and Kelly and Ramiro have a wonderful chemistry oh, as well. They they're do. Very, yeah, they really are very charming. Yes, yeah, and uh, Ramiro is a very a nice uh, lady to chat with. And oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's what we do at AMI Audio. All right. So I I hope people will um, well they'll certainly if they're into hockey at all, and uh, they'll certainly get a, a taste of what AMI. Uh, audio is like uh, this weekend. Um, can you tell me, tell us a little bit about the uh, Canadian National Blind Hockey Tournament that's starting today? Well, this is the third year for us at AMI to cover this event uh, live on AMI Audio uh, as we do, but it's the uh, seventh year, I believe. Maybe no, it's the eighth year that they've been doing it. Ah. And uh, there are over 100 participants involved from uh, all across Canada and now some from, uh, from the United States as well. Now, in all kinds of different divisions, apparently the age range of players is from three to just under 80. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Holy mackerel. That's and, awesome. it's, uh, and it's both genders. And um, uh, the, it goes, the skill level goes from uh, very competitive and fast um, at what they call the select level, and those are the games we'll be focusing on in our broadcasts, to uh, you know, uh, basically uh, games where people are just trying out the sport maybe for the first time at the children's level and developmental level. And Matt Morrow, who's uh, the chief uh, bottle washer for this thing, has done incredible work. He's the kind of guy, uh, Devin, I, I like to say, is going to one day get an order of Canada. Really? Oh, that would yeah. be nice. Well, he's, it's the kind of work he's done. Like, this is the kind of work that you start something from nothing. Just You just have a passion for it. And I don't even know why he's uh, he's not blind himself or anything, but he has a passion for this thing and has been uh, developing it from zero. And now he's got over 100 people participating. Last year in October, they had uh, their first international summit in Pittsburgh where they played the Team Canada versus Team USA. And this year, the select division has got that too. Canada East team, Canada West team, and a USA team. And they're basically playing a double round robin over the next three days uh-huh. to determine a winner of uh, 
of that part. And along the way, um, you know, over 100, 100 people participate. There are right now, as I'm watching, uh, we haven't actually started playing yet. The opening ceremony is at 11.45 Eastern time. But I'm watching uh, kids here dressed in the same colors as the adults will be dressed in later. They're going to hit the ice shortly. Uh, Wendell Clark is going to drop the puck at 11.45. Cool. And so we're getting all kinds of... Uh, great participation from the from the nhl and so on so it's it's a wonderful tournament and uh his goal and i could speak for matt because he's uh, he's said this publicly many times his goal is to make this a paralympic sport and oh. in order to in order to do so it's going to take some time because uh countries like in uh, they need a, you know a certain amount of countries like let's say yes. six countries to have us and then for these six countries to each you know reach a certain level of uh of excellence before they make a sport a Paralympic sport, but he's well on his way there. Oh, that's good. So it is happening in other countries. Yeah, it's uh, there's there's a well, there's a lot happening in the states, and they're they kind of thinking like like the National Hockey League. It won't be long before the state starts to get right. better, simply based on numbers. They're, they're just going to have better players down the road. But there is uh, there are murmurs now of. Uh, things happening in Finland and Russia and Sweden. Oh, good. Um, so, yeah, there will there will eventually be, this will eventually uh, happen. So I hope to see this in, uh, you know, over the next 10 years or so. I mean, it might be nice to hear the news that blind hockey becomes a Paralympic sport. Right. And so AMI uh, personnel are going to be broadcasting the games? Uh, we are. And also, first of all, the, the key person broadcasting is a fellow named Nico Cardarelli. Nico has been a participant with uh, blind hockey since the outset. He knows everything, knows all the players personally and so on. He's not part of AMI, but he is for this particular weekend. Uh, you'll hear his voice as the play-by-play guy. Uh, but then we throw in a bunch of all-stars at it. We have Jim Van Horn, a former TSN uh, uh, sports anchor. Yes. Mike Ross, who's the, uh, the public address announcer of the Toronto Maple Leafs and also the host of our morning show live from Studio 5. Uh, Jeff Ryman, who is uh, my regular sports guy at the station and a big part of the Kelly show as well. He's going to be here all weekend. Uh, Then we have uh, a show, a sports show that we do on Saturday mornings called The Neutral Zone with uh, Brock Richardson and uh, Brett Wills and Cam Jenkins. And they're going to be basically our intermission panelists and pregame show. Uh, they're here. They, those guys uh, have a history in uh, Paralympic sports, uh, Baccia and um, sledge hockey. Uh, so they'll be here. Um, and then, uh, yeah, uh, who else? David Dastel, who's uh, also uh, got a, a long sports background. He'll be doing some work with us on Saturday night. Uh, and Norma Wick, who uh, Norma has been a longtime uh basketball reporter and hockey reporter and is now part of uh, AMI Audio. She does the Morning Gazette show. Well, she's going to be here doing some sideline interviews tomorrow as well. So we're throwing a whole bunch of people at this thing. Wow, that is great. So it's starting at 11.45 with the opening ceremonies today? Yep. Yeah. And then? then, Okay, so then, well, the first, there's a lot of uh, gaps in the schedule. There's it goes from, uh, we're, we're going to be on the air at 11.30 on AMI-audio, uh, and then uh, that goes until 1.30, and then we'll feature one game, Canada East versus the USA. Okay. And then at 6.30 p.m., so we're going to come, we'll have a gap of five hours, and then we'll come back at 6.30 p.m. for Canada East versus Canada West game, uh, just that one game. Uh, that's today's action. And then tomorrow we're back again at 11 a.m., 
uh, for a couple of games, and then in the evening again, one more at 6 o'clock, and then on Sunday, beginning at 9 o'clock in the morning, we have more action going there all the way until 4 p.m. Wow, okay, that's great. Now, uh, back when when I was a, a kid, uh, an eon ago, um, the boys uh, used to do hockey outside uh, um, on a skating rink, and in those days, uh, we used, or they used, a tin can as a puck, <laughs> so that right. they could hear the, where where the puck was. And they've gotten a little bit more sophisticated now, haven't they? Yeah, they use a, a puck that's about uh, triple the size of an average hockey puck, both in thickness and in and in uh, circumference. Oh, I wouldn't want to uh, get hit by that. No, well, exactly. It's not. It's not that heavy, but it, uh, but yeah, you don't want to get. You definitely want to be wearing your shin pads. Yes. Goldies are goldies are dressed like goldies are always dressed. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to lift those pucks as well. It's not something that you know that they do a lot of. And the key thing is they have a, uh, a rattle that's quite loud. You'll hear it throughout the broadcast. You'll hear the, the sound from the rink here. And uh, you know we're about 25 rows up from the ice, uh, but we'll we'll pick up that sound for sure. Right. Um, and that's the way the game is played because um, blind uh, the, the goalies are completely blind. That's uh, one of the, the, the standards they have. The defensemen are uh, under 10%, and then uh, the, the forwards have some vision. Uh, but uh, it's, uh, it's entirely based on sound. And one of the differences in this game, for example, is that once the attacking team crosses the opponent's blue line and goes into, you know, to try to attack the goal, they have to make at least one pass. Ah. Uh, and that's just to keep the game from being, you know, where that one star player hogs the puck the whole game and goes end to end, and, you know, that dominates the game. So yeah. uh, to prevent that, they have a rule where you have to make at least one pass once you cross the blue line, the opponent blue line. And that's, uh, and that's uh, an opportunity for the defending team to hear where the puck is going and intercept the pass and move the puck back the other way. And it's also an opportunity for the goalie to know who's coming down where and so on and to set up. The nets are also not as tall as NHL nets. Most NHL nets, I believe, are four feet tall, and these are, I think, two feet tall. Uh, they're as wide as NHL nets, but they're, not, they're shorter, and that's to discourage uh, the lifting of the puck to the, because a goalie can't hear the puck flying through the air. No. Right. So um, it, it, it basically forces the teams to shoot the puck along the ice so the goalie has a chance to make a save. And that's basically how the, the some of the the only differences really, uh, you're not gonna see, you're not gonna see a lot of fist fights. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know you never know. Sometimes I have seen the tempers uh, flare up a little. Oh bit, yeah. And, yeah. and uh, believe me, uh, and I'm I'm not uh, I'm not trying to ridicule by any stretch. I respectfully I just want to say you will see some of the most spectacular open ice collisions. <laughs> oh yes, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, I mean sometimes you just cringe and go, oh my god, I Ouch. hope that person's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what are you going to do, right? Yeah. It's, it's the risk these guys take and the guys and girls take, and uh, they're they're happy to take those risks. And, but, yeah, just sometimes you'll see those collisions and the game will stop for a period of time. While they, yeah. And do they have penalties? Oh, yeah. They have penalties. Yeah. They have, um, you know, the basic rules of hockey apply. Yeah. And um, uh, so, yeah, there's penalties and there's uh, offsides well, to some extent and uh, icing and all those things. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, and it's refereed, the whole game's refereed, and there'll be announcements when the penalties happen. The whole thing, it's, uh, yeah, they, as much as they possibly can, they replicate what, uh, what goes on in any other, in any other organized hockey game. 
All right. Well, sounds really interesting. Uh, uh, I know that uh, that's what uh, is going to be uh, flipped on as soon as I get home. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. You're going to watch the game. Well, and, and oh, as, yeah. usual, as usual, we podcast these, the games that we cover anyway. We, we podcast them at our podcast site, so you can find it on any what they call podcatcher. You can find... Uh, 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 recordings of our broadcasts. As soon as the game is over, we start we start popping them up onto the World Wide Web. So you can just look under AMI Audio Live, and uh, it, you'll find the broadcast there. All right. Yeah, I guess maybe we should talk about where this is happening. It's in Toronto, but in a very well-known building. Yeah, no kidding. We're at the old Maple Leaf Gardens. I'm oh. looking over uh, what would have been Center Ice, except I'm. It, it's the third floor now of what used to be a you know a, a well three fourth floor actually of what used to be a four floor uh, <laughs> magnificent building. I'm we're actually pretty close to the old roof, which hasn't changed that much actually. The roof looks pretty much the same as it always did. Um, but uh, yeah, we're there, and um, downstairs, like two floors down or three floors down, is a, is a giant grocery store. Uh, from the you know the famous Loblaws chain, yeah. and uh, over there they still have. They, as you walk through the uh, international uh, condiments aisle, you can you can see a, <laughs> uh, the, the 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 replica of the center ice spot where the puck was dropped at Maple Leaf Garden wow. for whatever eighty years or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's great to be at the, at this uh, venerable institution for uh, for this game, but it's now called the Madame Athletic Center, and it's connected to Ryerson University. Okay, yeah. and this will only the, the broadcast will only be audio and not visual. At, or, Correct. Yeah. yeah, we're not gonna, we're not in a position yet to do this on TV. One day, I hope that uh, I think it would it would make sense for us to to do this one day down the road you know, on, yeah. on television. But it's a logistical. Uh, it's very difficult logistically, and uh, it's a it's it's a whole other budget. You know, we can right. do this uh, on a relatively inexpensive scale to do this in audio. Yeah, to do this on television is just a whole other ball game. Yes. So, uh, but one day, I, I would have to say, you know, the way that Matt Morrow's going with this thing, <laughs> AMI's been there, you know, for a number of years, and I think we'd want to keep supporting him and try to bring this game to becoming a Paralympic sport. Yes. And uh, we're you know we're we're fully behind it. So uh, that's uh, but I, I would predict that one day that will happen that's terrific yeah, very cool yeah. okay um simon i've hogged all the questions have you got any no i uh i do some work with the kawartha comets here in town and any kind of i mean getting folks on the ice that otherwise wouldn't have got on the ice and setting up a, a league so that, that that everyone can play I, I just it tickles my my heart it makes me so happy to see folks play and and so it's great to hear uh yeah yeah, I don't have I don't have any questions. I'm just excited okay. that it happens. Yeah, so um, is there anything else that we've missed, Andy? No, we cover. I think we covered pretty much everything. All right. Uh, you, if you want more information, go to ami.ca/blindhockey, and all the information, including the game times and how you can hear us and so on, are listed over there. Terrific. Thanks so much, Andy, for uh, taking you. time out of your busy schedule. Well, and thank you for taking time, as you do, to uh, support Kelly and company with your excellent segment on Five Dogs. It's always fun. Thank oh. you very much. All right. You Take have care. a good day. Thank you. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. All right. I'm 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 excited. I love hockey anyway. And, yeah, uh, and uh, AMI is one of my favorite places to listen. Um, to anything that's happening, so um, I, I, you know they they cover uh, 
They do read uh, passages from articles from the Walrus and the National Post, and uh, uh, they even uh, cover the uh, Guardian over in the uh, over in Britain. So I mean, uh, uh, if you're not into uh, um, sports or, or whatever, uh, um, then there's always pr programming that you'd be able to to find. And cool. that's, of course, when you're not listening to Trent Radio. Of course, of course, yeah. <laughs> okay, why don't we have, um, you know, I found a song by Stomping Tom, and it's called My Hockey Mom. And uh, what would uh, uh, minor hockey be without uh, moms and dads um, taking their uh, children yeah, uh, to to play. So I played a lot of sports when I was a kid, and if if I didn't have supportive parents to to get me there and to uh, to encourage, I think that it wouldn't have been the same. Right. Okay. Absolutely. So why don't we play my hockey mom by Stumping Tom Connors? Sure thing. When I was young, I do recall. We would go to school in the early fall But on the days when there was no school We'd learn to play by a different rule Get out of that bed, you sleepyhead, my hockey mum would say Grab your skates and don't be late, there's a hockey game today and poor old dad was feeling bad because he couldn't come He'd have to go to work and so I took my orders from my hockey mum And then we drove to the rink in town And I'd hit that ice by falling down And then I'd score for the other team And you could hear my mom Stand up and scream Get off of that ice I told you twice to skate the other way And every year she bent my ear Until I learned to play And when my stick got pretty quick And the puck to me would come Each time I scored I knew for sure Where the loudest cheer was from My hockey mum And then one day a stranger came from far away And he took my name and very soon for the NHL When I came to play, Mom came to yell Get on that puck and stir things up, show some winning pride And every time she said that line, I'd bang that puck inside and here's my dad, all Mr. Glad, he knew this night would come. We're all lined up for the Stanley Cup, and the tears are rolling from my hockey mum. My hockey mum, ain't she the plum? My hockey mum, my hockey mum, forever young, my hockey mum. There you go. Uh, yeah, all right. Uh, My Hockey Mom by uh, Stomping Tom Connors. 
And uh, we also have um, some other good news to pass along. Uh, we interviewed, you may remember, Simon and I went to the party, actually, the send-off party, when uh, three Special Olympic athletes left, uh, and they were just about to leave for um, tournaments in Abu Dhabi. And you've got some news there, Simon. I sure do. So overall, Canada did so well at these Special Olympics. Uh, 90 golds, 90, uh, 37 silvers, and 28 bronze medals. That is cool. Incredible. So congratulations, Team Canada. But uh, in particular, we've got some really exciting news about the folks we interviewed. So we'll start with soccer. Uh, the, uh, the Canadian soccer team got bronze. They won their last game and, uh, and, and were awarded a bronze medal for, for that. So that's, that's super cool. Uh, and then, and then Crystal, uh, silver? Yes, yes, she got silver in bowling. Ten-pin bowling. Yeah. Crystal Cochran, really, Cochran. that's awesome. Okay, yeah. yes. And, uh, and the uh, fellows that were in the uh, Team Canada soccer uh, were uh, Brandon uh, Vansicle and Dylan Armstrong. Yeah. So, uh, so they're coming home with some medals to, to Peterborough. Yeah. So way to go, guys and that girls. That is super. Very yeah. cool. I also wanted to mention that um, uh, yesterday I did not, uh, well, I think I knew it um, sort of in the back of my mind, but yesterday was Down Syndrome Awareness Day, and I was so happy um, to hear about a young fellow named Matthew Good, and uh, he uh, made not only his class aware of what Down Syndrome is, and how people with Down syndrome can still contribute to society, but also his school. And uh, he uh, had organized a bake sale, I guess, and uh, hoped to raise $25 and came away with 400 mm, Yeah, so, I've got the article up here. And do yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh... Yeah, Peter Broboy, 10, educates classmates at RF Downey on <laughs> Down syndrome. Very cool. So it, we might be a, a week late, but I'll see if we can find anybody from the... I did not know that there was a Down Syndrome Association of Peterborough. And so hopefully I, we can get some contact information and maybe we'll have them on you know, next week, hopefully. Yeah, maybe we'll try and get Matthew. That'd be fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, he's probably going to school, but if, if True, his yeah, parents he's... would let us pre-record an interview with him, that would be really cool. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. Um, we also uh, are a little bit late uh, talking about the Glaucoma Awareness Week, which was from the 10th to the uh, 16th of this month. But fortunately... Before she left on vacation, I got to do a uh, pre-recorded interview with um, Maureen Summers, who is a um, certified low vision therapist with um, a vision loss, <coughs> pardon me, vision loss rehabilitation Ontario, which is uh, part of uh, CNIB, and uh, Maureen Summers is uh, right here in the uh, in our office here in Peterborough. 
So, um, Simon, what shall we do? Will we play her interview or will we play a song about eyes first? I think we should play the interview, and if we've got some time at the okay. end. We're getting pretty close. It's 10.35, the interview's about 20 minutes yeah. long, so we've got, we'll have like three minutes in between. All right. So we might as well play it and then play a song at the end. Okay. So here we go. Maureen Summers. So, hi, Maureen, and welcome to the program. Thank you, Devin. Thank you for inviting me. So before we get um, talking about uh, glaucoma specifically, what is uh, vision loss rehab? Well, uh, vision loss rehab, which is part of CNIB, as you know, was established exactly a year ago, so it's our birthday really. It's CNIB's rehab services, still very much, we're still very much together. We're an independent healthcare service funded by the Ontario government, the province's uh, leading provider of rehab services for people with vision loss. We provide training uh, to people with vision loss by certified therapists who, um, and of course these people that need our help are blind or partially sighted, and this is to help them develop skills to enhance independence. Our, um, we work closely with ophthalmologists, optometrists, and other healthcare uh, professionals. And as you know, Devin, we have our low vision, like myself, learning to use the sight that uh, people have the best way they can, whether it's in low vision, daily living, or travel mo and mobility, and also, of course, services for children and families. So quite a wide range there, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yes. And what uh, um, what are the different services that CNIB offers as opposed to uh, vision loss rehabilitation? Well, that, oh, other than that, well, that would be CNIB, um, and that's more um, the foundation and uh, peer support, as you know, is a big one, isn't it? It sure is. Yeah, and the, the library and, um, oh, you know, our... What other groups are there? You Employment? Know, fundraising, I mean, is a oh, big yeah. one, you know, that things go on. So, uh, and just general research and uh, helping people out in the community. So there's, a, there's certainly a lot going on. And does the employment uh, fit under CNIB or employment counseling? At the, at the moment, at least, they're under vision loss rehab. Um, not many offices or areas have a, an employment service, and as you know, here in Peterborough, we do. Um, but that, at the moment, there, and as far as I know, it, indefinitely, they're under vision loss rehab. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, I just thought we should get that kind of straightened out uh, for people. Yes, because mm -hmm. many people want that help. Yes. Now, um, as I was mentioning, um, March tenth uh, to sixteenth, we're a wee bit late, but anyway, is uh, Glaucoma Awareness Week. I think any time is a good time to uh, be aware of these things. Yes. So, what is glaucoma? Well, um, really, for this talk, I'm going to refer mostly to the primary open angle glaucoma. That's the most common one. And that's the one which is it's a painful condition, a pain, sorry, a painless condition, usually associated with high pressure in the eye, which results in optic nerve uh, vision loss, optic nerve damage and vision loss. So uh, 
or reasons why this happens? baseline test because it wouldn't do me any good. Are, are they painless? Each eye is done separately. 
thing, and every time a light flashes in your periphery, you're pressing a button to say you've seen it, and uh-huh. that will show if there's any missing areas for you. Okay. Yeah. How common is glaucoma here in Canada? Well, I looked at numbers, and the numbers were showing, you know, about the 250,000 Canadians worldwide, 65 million. Wow. Yeah. I mean, not every country is going to have these tests. And, you know, here, I mean, I see people who just go and pick up, you know, dollar store reading glasses. They're not going for eye checks. No. Um, so you really have to have that eye check. And unfortunately, under 65, uh, it, it's not, it, you know, once it was covered by your OHIP, and it isn't. And I don't know if that makes any difference. I really don't know. But really, what a, a small amount to pay to just have that check done, isn't it? Oh, that's for sure. That's really important. Because it could affect the rest of your life. Yeah. My, another one I just remembered about a risk factor are high myopes. People who are short-sighted, near-sighted, you know, a bit more than, you know, moderate to high myope, they're at more of a risk of this as well. Oh. Diabetes, heart disease, you know, all those things when we talk about other eye conditions, you really just want to keep as healthy as possible, you know, a little bit of exercise, eating well, that sort of thing. Yes. Now, you were mentioning that uh, it often happens to seniors. Can it uh, occur in people younger as well? It can, but, you know, it's like those, you know, there might be a tiny percentage, 40 to 60, and then you see that increase 60 onwards. Just like, say, macular degeneration. You can have an early onset of any of these eye conditions, but it definitely increases with age. Okay. And there is actually, there is um, congenital glaucoma and juvenile glaucoma, but that's, you know, it's not like these numbers. No. It's certainly picked up, you know, if a, a baby's born with that, there's, a, you know, the certain signs, a, a kind of a bigger eye, a glassy eye, a lot of tearing going on, and it's quite treatable, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the only way that someone would know that they have glaucoma or uh, might be suspicious that something was wrong would be the loss of uh, uh, peripheral vision? By then it's advanced. I read another study um, stating that more than half of newly diagnosed patients with glaucoma already had moderate to advanced disease at the time of this initial diagnosis. Oh my. Isn't that amazing? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, so nothing happens much before then that would kind well, of... Because it just slowly, slowly do that because there's no, there's no um, symptoms. There's no. no... There's nothing. There really is nothing. It's, it's hard to believe, isn't it? It sure is. Yeah. Um, I know when I, I've seen people, you know, I've always worked in eye field and, you know, when you check their vision at, right at the beginning and you're, this would be more clinically... And, you're asking them to cover one eye, and they they kind of are surprised. They said, I can't see anything out of that eye. Oh, dear. Didn't even notice that that was the case. Or, oh, wow. So the difference between the two eyes, it's, it's just amazing, really. Mm-hmm. And how seriously can the uh, disease affect someone's vision? Well, end-stage glaucoma, you would have very little at the end, very little. It starts encroaching on the central vision. Um, you know, it's like any, it's like, unlike any other affliction, it usually causes no pain, discomfort, apart.
apparent vision loss. Central vision remains good, and that person's not aware, but as it goes on, it starts encroaching on that central vision. It starts up above, like a little arc, if you're doing that visual field, just above the central zone, and then it, it's kind of following the, the blood supply, I guess, at the back of the eye, and then it encroaches. Um, so it definitely can be eventual, really no vision, certainly legally blind, there's no doubt about that, and legal blindness isn't just your central vision, it's your visual field, so if you're just a tunnel vision, that would be termed legally blind. Right. Yeah. yeah. So what are the usual courses of treatment when someone uh, finds out that they have glaucoma, what what, uh, will they do? Well, the doctor, of course, would be assessed and it would be dropped, and drops usually are, are very successful. Some people are not com- compliant with their medications and drops probably more than just po- taking a pill. Um, and, you know, there is laser. Uh, the laser is, there's a trabeculoplasty and a trabeculectomy. One is a little bit different from one another. The, the, the latter one is more of a surgery with it, but... Um, you know, if that, if that has to happen, I'm not saying, you know, you really want the drops to work and, and, and use it that way. But, the, you know, people can be allergic to things and it's just not working as well as it did. So there is there is laser and there is um, surgery as well. And can glaucoma be fairly well controlled with that or will it advance anyway? No, it can. If you're catching it and you're doing everything you're asking, do they can be quite well controlled actually um, the yeah I mean it, it absolutely is uh, but I think you know if you've had it for the way I understand if you had it for many many years I was actually just speaking with a gentleman today who is 95 he's had that or diagnosed 40 years ago really yes and yeah. he he um, is quite end, you know end stage and I am no doubt that this gentleman was very compliant. So, you know, it's, it's hard to say, really. Yes. Um, you know, that's maybe more clinically to answer that. I mean, I have been looking at studies, but the whole, I, the whole thing they said is, you know, really, uh, it's, it's a leading cause of, they actually call it preventable blindness. Oh. And I was thinking about that, uh, thinking, well, how is it? But I guess it is, if you go for your eye exams and this was caught early, it really would be preventable because if, if it's already at the blindness stage, then clearly it was preventable. Yes. You know, and um, it's called the, the sneak thief of sight because there's just no symptoms with it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's good to go and get a... Um... Absolutely. I can't stress that enough. That for, and that's and for other things, of course. Yes. Um, yeah. How often should someone go for an eye exam? Everything is fine. They might say come back in two years. Uh-huh. But um, obviously if you're having treatment, yes, definitely every two years you should be going. And oh. that's obviously if you're being treated for something, that's a whole different thing. There is, I did mention, there is an, it's called acute glaucoma onset. Totally different type of thing. It's obviously where the, the drainage is blocked, you know, very suddenly. Yeah. And that you get a build-up and it's painful. It's painful. Oh, wow. You know, to the hospital. And they get you right on medication and that, that pain and that pressure comes.
comes right down. But that's a whole, it's a totally different type of glaucoma and quite unusual, really. Um, I think, again, in certain ethnicities, it's more common. But, right. you know, it can happen. But we're really talking about primary open angle glaucoma here, which is due to poor drainage of fluid from the eye. Yeah. Yeah, and it will really never go away. You're not, you're not um, curing it. It will never go away. But And what you've already lost cannot be restored. Right. Yeah. So you're just controlling it. Controlling it from advancing. Yes. Slowing it down, yeah. Now, when we talk about going to an eye doctor, yep. uh, are we talking uh, optometrist or ophthalmologist? The optometrist, perfectly, perfect. They've got everything. They're very qualified. And um, absolutely, and if they feel that you need to see an ophthalmologist for treatment or opinion, then they will refer you on. Okay. You already have an ophthalmologist you've been seeing, um, but maybe not for a while. And you're, but you quite often, I think, Devin, the ophthalmologist say to you, "I don't really need to be seeing you," you know, as a routine yes. appointment. You know, return to your because a lot of people, many people, are wearing glasses, so they need to get that prescription checked. Right. Well, absolutely, optometrists definitely. Okay. So now, when someone's glaucoma has advanced, um, how can uh, vision loss rehab be of assistance? Well, I mean, it's, in a case of glaucoma, it's visual field. So the first person in there, I'm sure, would be the mobility specialist for safe travel. Mm -hmm. And that's often the person you're seeing with that that white, long mobility cane because they don't have sight vision, so they have to sweep that cane. And you know, you understand that, Devin. Yes, I do. So, yes. You know, to, From you know, side to side, yes. Side and in front of you tripping over something. Yeah. Uh, usually, you know, I'm the one that deals with more magnification devices and that sort of thing, so usually not me. At the end stage, definitely well before then, I would be seeing people. They don't usually want what we call, say, a, a lot of magnification, because if you think about it, if they only have a, a relatively small area of vision in the middle, they don't need that magnified because it's going to magnify into their blind spot. Uh. So I, I would talk to them about, you know, good lighting, properly positioned lighting, nice contrast, you know, so they can see things that, um, you know, if, even if it's food on their plate, they've not got a piece of white fish on a white plate. They're yeah. just not going to see that easily. Um, good contrast. Uh, our independent living skills would be just, you know, things around the home to remain independent. Could be computer uses, as you know, you're a whiz on the computer. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, yeah you know, all, all those things to just remain independent. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now, is there anything else that I should have been asking you? That's right. No, and uh, it's just a lovely feeling coming out and saying everything is fine, and I will go back in two years. You yeah. know, so 
and we have wonderful optometrists in town here, so and very, you know, welcoming ophthalmologists if they need to be seen. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for uh, making us aware of uh, of glaucoma and how it can affect a person's life uh, quite considerably if they don't look after their eye health. Yes, you know, it is unlike any of the other eye diseases where you have symptoms. It's, it's quite unusual, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. Yes. Yeah. Well, hopefully uh, people will remember that and uh, make uh, an appointment with their optometrist. I hope so. I hope those phones are ringing right now. I do too. <laughs> Thanks so much, Maureen. Thank you so much, Devin. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye now. Bye. Great interview, Devin. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, uh, she was uh, very um, informative, wasn't she, with all the information that she uh, had to pass along about glaucoma. Yeah, you seem to always have such wonderful interviews. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I guess uh, we should also mention that um, when Andy was talking about my segment on AMI, um, it is on the first Wednesday of the month at 3.15 p.m. Uh, on Kelly and Company. So uh, it's always fun to find out information about um, assistance dogs and what's happening here in Canada with them. I'd say that was a pretty good endorsement uh, yeah, that, I, you, that you received. I appreciated that very much. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the top dog, too, right? <laughs> yeah. This, this guy. <laughs> That's right. Way to go. Manager of AMI. Pretty cool, Devin. Thank you. So, anyway, we're coming close to the end of our show uh, for this week. So... We were talking about glaucoma there with Maureen Summers. Uh, why don't we go out with, um, can you find uh, the guess who and uh, these eyes? Uh, yeah, I can get it on Google. Or on it's the... not there on the... Well, we've got some Jeff Healy, angel eyes, but no, I don't see any... Uh... Oh, really? Yeah. Oh! Guess who? There we go. Bingo. Found it. All it was right. just labeled differently, folks. Oh, okay. Okay, here we go. Have a good week, everybody. Bye-bye.
Arms long to hold you 